back in the break room with TWU Local 555, another emergency pod. We're doing this one on proposed bylaws changes. It's been a lot of chatter, been a lot of, eh, let's use the word misinformation. And that's why I'm joined by President Randy Barnes, First Vice President Jerry McCrumman with his debut in the break room, and Second Vice President Albert Barbosa. Welcome back, everybody. How you doing, Eric? Doing very well. All right, so we're talking about the district membership meetings that are going around. And they're going to be taking place over the course of May and June in mega stations in each of the eight districts. So far, we have already done District 5 and Dallas. As we talked before in our last podcast, Albert and Randy and I discussed the turnout and we weren't impressed with it. So we want to make sure and get the word out as much as possible. And also a lot of chatter online about what's being discussed at those. We're proposing changes to the bylaws. You are proposing changes to the bylaws. Many of our members are new to this union. It may be their first union job, or they just might not involve themselves on the inner workings of our local. What are the bylaws? Eric, bylaws, it's a document which establishes the TWU Local 555, basically the rules that govern us. Um, It's a mechanism through which all members are represented both individually and collectively and providing you know, responsible leadership. So it gives us the direction to to provide responsible leadership and uh, retain the control of the local. So by the membership, what these are in simple terms are the rules by which the executive board must follow in representing the membership. And that's what, that's what uh, we're governed by. In the meetings, One of the items that is on the agenda is proposed bylaws changes, like I mentioned. We'll get to those proposals and why in a minute, but I wanted to ask, and Jerry, I'll go to you on this one. Is there a constitutional requirement to present these proposals to the membership in any particular method? Just so you'll know, Eric, the uh, Constitution gives us the outline of membership meeting. They don't tell us how to actually handle the uh, holding of them and stuff like that. They do require membership meetings. And our local bylaws dictates that we have to have the approval of the membership and uh, all that. So the Constitution bylaws together, but because of local autonomy, uh, the Constitution gives each local the bylaws uh, to run the local. The Constitution is the uh, umbrella which covers all the locals, but each local is tweaked to fit under the Constitution. All right. When I look at the link to the bylaws on our website, and that's uh, TWU555.org, go to resources, then go to documents. I notice that it says 2019 next to the link. Is that the last time they were updated? Yes. Yes. They were updated in 2019 and they were done through the membership meeting method. Um, and the members voted on those changes uh, back then, like we're doing now. So we're, we're using the same method, the membership meeting, as as was used back in 2019. But without as big of net to be able to cast as many members as possible with this year going virtual as well. Yeah, what what we recognized was the last time, even though we went to many of the stations, not all of them, uh, the turnout was still less than expected. I'll just be nice. It was it was low. So we've gone a step further this time. And not only are we having the membership meetings in 
the mega cities in each district, but we're, we've also added uh, a new virtual option that really, this is, this is a very exciting, groundbreaking. It opens it up to every member, regardless of your location, regardless of your schedule. You can and should attend. If I can elaborate just a little bit, because what we had done previously for those 2019 changes was what we've done now. We put out notice saying we were going to have the meeting. Where we had the ability, we held them off airport. Some locations, we actually did them in, in the break rooms or in a training room, so to speak, that, that the airline operates. You know, to touch on what Randy was saying, uh, even being that close to uh, the, the working body of the membership, it, it still took, a, you know, we didn't get the numbers that we would have liked to see. So obviously, you know, we do want to have that in-person opportunity because uh, generally speaking, people do share uh, and, and are more cognizant of, of what they're sharing and how they're communicating when they're in person. Uh, I, I know we're we're doing this podcast and I know we, you know, we, we've become a digital world, uh, but there's still something to be said about the level of respect that people take when, when they're in person. But uh, opening it up to the, the virtual option also acknowledges the fact that the traveling public is is moving a lot and that would be taking the seats that our members would need to get to these locations and and so this is just an opportunity to 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 say hey if you want to attend there's an avenue for you so as we talked about in the last podcast that we did together there are agenda items that members can submit to their district rep 5 days prior to their meeting but also there are proposed agenda items that district members can vote on. They could have their voice heard on these proposed changes that we're going to talk about now. In general terms, why is the need to put these changes to the membership now before we get into the specifics? We're doing this for ease of uh, running the local. Uh, Eric, we're, we're getting bigger. It's, it's, it's hard to manage. Uh, the entire goal of this executive board is to uh, create more involvement, more opportunity for involvement more diversity of involvement. And so this is just another method uh, of these bylaw changes help us do that without being so cumbersome because we have something unique that other locals don't have. Uh, American Airlines has many, many locals uh, in the 20s uh, at least. And where we have one, our size is our power. It's also a detriment to getting things done. So some of these things are made for housekeeping reasons to enable us to grow with the uh, membership, try to get out in front of it. As of right now, we're, we're fine. Uh, the members are being represented very well by this board. And the But as we grow, it becomes more difficult. As we add more stations, we have stations that uh, people that have 15 stations and some that have eight stations. And there is a very diverse and different opportunity with this process to do this. So we're, we're trying to get out in front of it. It's purely, most of them are purely housekeeping and it's for the simple uh, ease of conducting the local business in the representation of our members. Okay. So without turning this show into C-SPAN, I want to go over the specific proposed changes that members will have a chance to vote on in their respective districts, either in person at a mega station or virtually. And I'll start with Article 2, titled Structure. It states that in addition to the TWU Constitution, these sections in the bylaws state how our local is governed. Now, there is a proposed change to Article 2, Section 3, Governing Bodies. 
And what is that proposal and what why is the change needed? Eric, that proposal is the addition or the ability to add a vice president. It's one uh, adjusting the titles from first vice president and second vice president to executive vice president and administrative vice presidents. The reasoning behind that is Southwest is growing immensely, enormously. Um, They're adding cities, adding stations, and we have to be able to adjust to to meet the needs created by the uh, growth of Southwest Airlines. When 2010 was the last time that there were any uh, uh, district augmentation or districts just adjusted. And that year, the local went from, I believe it was six districts to eight districts. Our membership has grown considerably since then, but we have not adjusted the districts at all. So we're going to have to look at somehow adjusting the districts or adding districts so we can we can represent our members uh, fully. And in doing so, you, the district reps have to have a support system in place as well. And that support system comes from the vice presidents. So if we're growing our districts, or it makes perfect sense just to add a vice president as a support system for that. But we need to have the ability to do that if and when that need arises. So that's what that change addresses. Okay, this has nothing to do with Jerry running around saying, I'm number one, I'm number one. Well, that too. too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. Continuing in Article 2 is a proposed change to Section 4 amendments. This one kind of cracked me up a little bit, and hopefully you'll explain it to me. There is a a proposal to amend amendments. I'll let Jerry take it if he'd like. Since I'm number one, I'll delegate it to Uh, Al. Okay. (laughs) Okay, there you go. You see how this goes, Eric? (laughs) This is why we're we're changing it because I, I don't necessarily care being called a number two because this happens. I'm pretty sure changing the designation and titles isn't going to change that aspect of it. But you're you know, right. You're right. Here's to hoping. Trying to think of the best way to uh, to try to explain this. It, it's we have to be able to adjust and account for adjustments, and that's and that's where you know amendments happen. It, things things start. Uh, we touched on it in some regard on our, on our last pod, podcast when we, when we touched on Robert's rules of order and motions and, and, and how things need to be done. And that's part of the process. When, when an, an amendment needs to be made, it is a process and it, it can be a long process, but well up to a year and being able to adjust and, and amend as needed helps us adjust our direction. Even when we've gone downstream quite a ways, uh, because just as in negotiations, just as in everything, what, what triggers an event could have other triggering events along the way, and we need to be able to adjust. Albert is exactly right. Uh, I mean, the day-to-day duties are are not shown in the bylaws, but the bylaws, the, the critical thing to remember about these change the bylaws is that it would come after the initial creation of the proposal, following the approval of the International Committee, board on the proposed language changes, additions, or omission. Before that could ever happen, our districts would go to their districts and get feedback to craft what we need to do. This is not something we're trying to uh, empower 
the people on the board is to give us the flexibility and the speed that we need to react so we can be proactive instead of reactive because things will come up that are not addressed by the bylaws or that need to be tweaked. Uh, and so even after we have done this, we have seen another area that we possibly may have to do in the future. And, and it just makes it easier instead of having to go through this long process. It's taken us well over uh, an inordinate amount of time is what it's taken us. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. But by the time you get 13 A-plus personalities, you get the international's approval, and then you go to the membership, it, it, we're stymied. We cannot represent the members like we need to do. And that's, that's the sole reason for that. We still will need to get the uh, blessing of the membership, but you elected those people to represent you and to speak for you. And so I would hope that every district rep would go to his district and get their feedback and that's the position they would take at the board. Randy? Let me just add to that. One thing about this change that we're, we're looking at now, the ability for the board to make the change had been the process for over 25 years prior to uh, receivership. The International adjusted it uh, just because they weren't fully familiar with how we had traditionally done things. We're, all we're trying to do is adjust this so to Jerry's point and Albert's point, so we can actually be able to uh, represent you a lot faster, a lot quicker and make make any necessary changes um, that that won't take eight months to a year or longer. You know, if we if, if we need to make a change that that uh, is very important today. We have to recognize that. Um, it may be problematic for all of us if that change is going to take a year or a year and a half. And this does not in any way take power away from the membership. The membership will be the ones that through their district reps will dictate what changes that, that will be allowed. And that's Jerry said it very well. Your district rep is the one that you represent directly to be your voice and to speak for you. So through your district rep, that's the one that will field those issues and field those questions and answer those questions. That's why there's a period of time that that is uh, put in place before uh, notice to the members and review prior to these bylaws being you know, sent to the international for approval. So it's just an adjustment in the process. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure I got the the threshold of votes needed to enact that change. Yes, it's not. It is not a simple majority. In other words, it is not a situation where it only takes fifty percent plus one. Okay, that is not the case. This is a super majority. It would actually take two thirds of the entire executive board. If you have thirteen, it would take ten. So it it would take a supermajority. So and I know there's some things going around saying that oh they can just all it takes is fifty plus one and they can change everything and whatever. No, that's not the case at all. Kind of like the Senate, <laughs> right? Exactly. All right, let's move on. Article two, section five J is related to alternate rep voting. What would this enable? 
I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. And, and this is just, um, this gives the ability of an alternate district rep uh, to replace a, a district rep who, for whatever, you know, for, for reasons, personal or professional uh, conflicts, whatever, can't, can't make a, a mem- meeting of the board. This would afford them every opportunity to represent their district as, as the normal rep would. Currently, there are uh, parameters that need to be met. What we don't want is any of our board to miss a meeting because they were on an FTO or they were, you know, we, we are at least uh, supposed to be able to take time off. And so if we do, we want, we want somebody there to ensure that every member, regardless of whether the initial elected rep is there, everybody's being represented. And that they have a voice. If it, at any meeting of our board, we discuss issues, business that's going on, and we want to ensure that, that everybody has an opportunity, an equal opportunity on our board to, to represent their, their districts, their viewpoints, have input, and, and so that we don't delay. Uh, again, to reiterate what, what seems to be the theme right now, is, is these proposals are to make a more efficient uh, means for us to do business. And, and I believe it was stated on the, on the previous podcast, many of these in, in some form or fashion have been in previous bylaw changes or bylaws uh, of, of previous boards, I mean. Um, and so it's not, you know, we didn't create this, you know, in a science lab somewhere. Uh, it was versions of this and, and obviously making some changes to account for our size and, and in, in what we feel. Uh, but ultimately, uh, and to what everybody's saying, the memberships always will have the last word, including whether or not these become part of the bylaws. Prime example, right now we have to spend anywhere from 10 minutes or it could be quick, uh, but there's only certain times that the alternate uh, district rep can vote. Now he can participate, he can speak and represent them, the, but he cannot vote. And so what this would do, uh, here's an example. If he's on vacation, that gives us the bylaws, gives us the right to allow him to vote while he's covering the district rep. But if he's doing, if the district rep is doing the job of an arbitration, something he has no control over, we set the dates for the board meetings in November at the budget meeting. We set it for the next year. And so you might have an arbitration come up in April or May of the next year, and that might throw a arbitration. The only choice you have is to do the dates that they the arbitrator gives you and technically we can't let him vote because he's not on vacation and not on a, and the district reps not on a medical leave of absence so this just fixes that issue because if they're doing legitimate needs of the business i mean of the local representing the members there's no reason why the person speaking for that district cannot vote and influence the decision of the board. And so that's, that's all that is, is it, it just cleans up a area of concern that we don't have to spend all the time, you know, no, I'm not going to let him vote because he's not on vacation. If you get somebody like that and we don't have anybody like that on the board, it's just for, but this board may or may not be there in the future. So they need to address the issues to give us the ability going forward to actually perform the jobs and duties of the local. Okay, so we're still in Article 2, Section 5, and in 5M, uh, this is probably a callback. Randy, I think you've already addressed this uh, in governing bodies, 
regarding administrative vice presidents and the need or possibility to add? Yeah, it, what this does is, uh, you know, like like we were saying before, if and when that need arises, the board has needs the ability to make that adjustment to keep pace with with the changes that the company uh, they're making. And what this does is this outlines exactly what that vote a threshold uh, would have to meet in order in order for it to pass. Um, so if we were going to uh, if we saw a need or found a need to adjust or add uh, a VP of which that position would be filled through an election. Let me just point that out. <laughs> it wouldn't be the board picking uh, the person that will fill that position. That would be an elected position that that uh, would be put out to the members and a member would fill. But it's just determining whether to create uh, that position or not. That is uh, that determination is made based on the need uh, created by the company. This gives us the ability to do that. And we, we still need a supermajority to uh, to be able to do that, a two thirds majority uh, to be able to do that if we recognize that need. And and let me just say one thing about the supermajority that uh, encourages and, and nurtures uh, consensus on the board where we would have to have a, a level of consensus in order to even get that passed and to do it. So it's it's not it's still not an easy thing, but it just gives us the ability to do it. Okay, the next couple ones, I think they're probably just language cleanups to make sure they're consistent throughout the bylaws. I'm talking about Article 2, Section 6, Article 10, Voting, Nominations, and Elections, 2A, and Article 6, Section 1 and 2B. I mean, I, I sound like I'm getting nerdy here, but these are all just to, to keep the language consistent that you've already talked about. Yeah, that's right, Eric. That's just adjust uh, the the titles of the positions Instead of first vice president, executive vice president, and second vice president to administrative, so that that's just those changes to stay consistent with the change uh, that we spoke about earlier. And that also goes for uh, the, the clarity needed in two D of uh, Article Six. What this is is correcting, you know, an issue with the current language, and the current language states assistance to the station representative shall be appointed by the station representative and the exact number of assistants decided by the individual station. Assistants shall be appointed by the district representatives and the exact number of assistants decided by the individual stations. That language, that language needed to be corrected. That's all that is. Good. Cause we are no not sense to me. exactly. And, and the new language would state alternates to the station representatives shall be appointed by the station representative with the approval of the district representative. So I know there's a lot of, lot of uh, thought or misinformation going around that the district representative will appoint the, the station representative or, or appoint the alternate representatives. That's not the case at all. This is going back to uh, the way it was and making and clarifying it so there's no no confusion that 
the station representative, the elected representative, is the one that selects his alternate representatives at the station with the approval of the district representative. And that's that that with the approval of the district representative is only there in case the membership, there's an issue with the membership and some and someone that the station representative wants to choose as an alternate, the district representative has to be able to actually sit down with the station rep and address concerns that are brought to him by the membership. So, so far, a lot of the things that we've talked about today, they sound, you know, maybe innocuous to some people. It sounds like a lot of housekeeping, uh, just some some wording that needed to be changed. But there is one that's getting a lot of chatter. Uh, it's one that you guys are probably hearing about in your email inboxes. They're talking about it in the break rooms. And of course, they're going online and sharing their thoughts about it. I'm talking about Article 7, Removal and Recall. If you jump down to Section 2, Removal of Representative, there's a proposed change there. What necessitated the need for this? Our prior bylaws uh, gave the board the right to remove a elected station rep by a unanimous vote. And uh, so these bylaws go down. It takes a supermajority, two-thirds. You, you, they're not giving the board a benefit they didn't already have. It's just a different uh, count of the numbers. And, and this was brought on a, a couple of, of, of things that brought this up. Uh, we have had a elected station rep that go into management positions that refuse to resign their position uh, until they take the supervisor's job. Well, what happens if one goes out of time frames while that person is representing that member and representing this local? It's a liability issue. That's one. You have had some that the district rep will bring something to the board. They will get direction from the board to do something, pass that on to the station rep, and it was just ignored. They're telling us to go pound sand. Well, we are considering all the liabilities of stuff like that. This just, it still doesn't make it where a simple majority, 50% plus one, and it's not our goal to remove a rep at any time unless it is a conflict of interest or it is detriment that their behavior or conduct has uh, not been consistent with the representation of the hardest working members in the industry. So, you know, that's the only reason for that it is not to, we don't have anybody targeted. We don't have, that's not what we're going to do because this is a thankless job that our people do, to be honest with you, a pretty good job. But there are times when we, when they refuse to resign, when they get promoted and you've made your choice, even when you interview for a position, you've made a choice then we got a problem with that because uh, we'll let you be a supervisor. What happens if, if all of a sudden this, this grievance disappears? We can't even open ourselves up to that. Do I think that'll happen? No, I don't. To be honest, I, I would hope all of our people have more integrity than that. But I am not willing to let that be a possibility even. And, and even though, and, and even having said all that, this is not the first step in a process to deal with a particular alternate rep who may be, you know, acting detrimentally to the rest of the membership. This is the last step, you know, and that, and I think, you know, that has to be reiterated um, in my opinion, because the perception is that this seems to be a, a, a first move, uh, you know, a, a 
you know, uh, uh, the, the tool we use first, and it's not. Um, the, the actual language, uh, and, 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 you know, we encourage all members to come to these meetings so that they can actually, you know, hear specifically what, what it all is. And, and Randy touched on, on aspects of uh, other aspects of it already today. But it's if a rep has been deemed to already have been acting, in, you know, detrimentally or, or counter to the, you know, the interests of the membership, the international or the local. So it's this isn't a I don't like you. And that's all it takes. And now um, I can rally the troops, so to speak. Oh, no, there's a process. Really, what this comes down to is we all have local reps. We've all elected our local reps. And, and, and the hope is that uh, we've done so because they match our views and they're going to represent what my feelings are. And, and again, Jerry had given an example where a uh, situation had arisen out of a station. You know, the, the district rep was, was literally asked, hey, you know, what should I do? Um, came to the board when that advice was, was given and that rep uh, turned around and said, kick rocks. It was kick rocks because there's nothing you can do there because there wasn't there. Is, you know, there isn't. I recognize we, when we elect our local reps, you know, we we we. We hope they're going to do exactly what we want them to, but they're people too, and they can have an opinion. Unfortunately, sometimes it, it's detrimental. It can hurt us, and 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 that that's where we need an ability to at least uh, reduce an impact, if possible. Because right now, um, the entirety of of that particular location was put in harm's way, and yet the responsibility for what may have happened would have fallen on the board and we would have had no ability to to do anything as we still don't which is which is where some of this stuff stems from but again it's not to be a preemptive first first strike type of tool i, I guess if you want to if, if, i'm trying to think of a a good way to put what it is it, it's it's to deal with the most extreme of situations in my opinion nuclear option that's it absolutely and and I, i'll just Add my two cents in on that. This isn't anything that one any board wants to do or has the the taste or appetite to do. But uh, in those rare situations uh, here in the not so distant past where this has come up and some of the more high profile situations with with reps, the board hasn't had any means to address the needs of the membership. We've had several members reaching out saying this is this is a travesty we need to do something and we haven't had any way to address it so this is just creating a pathway for us to address members concerns if and when a situation like this arises that's all this is it brings us to our final proposed change in our bylaws to be voted on by the membership at their district membership meetings, and that is Article 12, miscellaneous. Um, what this is, is previously, probably for 25 years plus, the official minutes of the board have been in written form, and what that did was um, they, were reduced to, they were reduced to writing, and it gave the members the ability, if, they, if and when they wanted to come uh, review the minutes, they would have something to read, something tangible to look at, and it, and they could do it in a in a, a time period that was more agreeable and doable. The way it is now, 
we're trying to we're, we're trying to get back to that to make it easier for the membership if and when they wanted to review the minutes, because right now you would have to listen to eight hours of a audio recording. And that's not that's not practical. My understanding is the original intent of that was just so it would be the work product of the recording secretary. So he could he would be able to function a lot easier in the boards. And this adjustment that that we're uh, looking at doing would just would just uh, do that is to assist the recording secretary in his job and the written minutes that has been the standard uh, for other locals and for our local for over 25 years prior to prior to uh, a, a change during receivership. We're, we're looking at going back to that. That's all. That's all that is. And Eric, just so, just so you'll know, on we review the minutes and pass them every board meeting from the previous month. We don't listen to the tape. So the official transcript is the written minutes that we review, make sure they're accurate, and approve as the minutes. That's when they become the official minutes. So there's a check and balance, even for the recording secretary, because the entire board looks at it. When the international, you know, said yes, you can record these. That facilitates our recording secretary to ensure that they're uh, recording things accurately, as well as our secondary control, which is the other individual board members reviewing those written notes uh, that have been compiled uh, by not only his handwritten notes during the meeting, but also when he compares those and collates those with the recording, and then we approve those uh, are subsequent meeting and that becomes the official uh the the official meeting and, and that is something that that can be reviewed in a reasonable uh time frame uh and give give members the opportunity that that the constitution and the bylaws provide uh for for members uh if they choose to come in and review those minutes because otherwise uh board meetings would be two days long uh with the first day simply listening to the entirety of the of, of the last meeting and and then probably spending a considerable amount of time determining what is official and what was not this this does give a more concise uh, outline of, of what's discussed for people to review all right so we've hit them all uh, can you understand though why some members are hesitant to changes like the ones we've talked about and what would you say to them I understand without the background information it it kind of nurtures an environment for for people to uh, fill in the blanks themselves mm -hmm. so i i get that i get that that's why I, I felt it was important that you know we we do this so the members can hear directly from us and there's there you know there is no misinterpretation of something written on paper or figure it out your own yourself we want to try to give our members enough of the information to make an educated decision um, and hear it directly, directly from us to understand exactly what we're talking about and what the intent and purpose of any, any change to the bylaws. Bylaws in and of itself, they're, they're hard to understand to begin with. And then when you, when you talk about changes, you're like, well, why, why are you changing it? Why are you changing it? The only reason we're making a change is we're seeing there the areas that have to be corrected in there. 
and the areas that we have to adjust to make it make it so we can represent the members to the best of our ability. It's not to take any rights away. It's to actually create the pathway so you'll have more rights. That's that's our purpose. So we're you know I, I just hope that that message isn't lost on on anyone here. You know because that's that's our purpose and intent of doing this. Albert. I've welcomed any conversation that anybody has been willing to participate in, you know, from, from, from the get-go. I know a lot of the board were receiving text messages, things of that nature. I was responding, by all means, if you want to talk about them, give me a call. I don't have, nobody on the board has a problem going into it. Uh, what we're trying to prevent is, what we want is all of our members to have an equal opportunity to, to review things and to go into it with their with their eyes open, making as best an informed decision as they can, um, and, and without whatever potential bias, you know, whatever potential bias I have, I'm trying to keep out of it. I'm, you know, I, I I tell people what they are, and it's going to be up to the membership to decide whether all, a portion, or none of these get accepted. We'll adjust. We'll do what we have to do to represent the membership because that's what, that's what we all have been tasked to do. That's what we all want to do. We that's what we have the drive to do, and we will continue to do it. Will it be a little bit more difficult? Sure, but that's also part of the job. You know, the the one thing you learn rather quickly is this job happens whether you want it to or not, whether you're trying to do other things or not. This ball keeps on rolling, and and so we will keep on rolling. But I, but I get it. I, I recognize that uh, change it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. And you know, and, and when the day in and day out is not, uh, you don't have that day in and day out experience with what's going on. It can be suspicious uh, of anything. And I, I get it because I'm a suspicious person at my core. So I can completely understand. I, I just hope that when you have your suspicions, and, and again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, reach out to us, give us a chance. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you everything that we possibly can. If you still have those suspicions, by all means, that's, that's you, that, that those are your suspicions to have. But I hope that we have an opportunity to expand and to elaborate and that whatever feelings any member has, I, I want, I just want them to be legitimate feelings. And, and I don't, I, I want to get the speculation out. I want people to know the truth because in the end, that's where we're going to get our successes. That's where we're going to get our victories. Not continuing to to discuss the untruths, the you know the misspeaks, the just the perceptions, um, and not the realities. Because when 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 we're going at each other, and I'm not saying that there's not a level of that that should be inherent. Because you know, I've I was a member who wanted to keep the powers that be on their toes, and I recognize that we got a lot of a lot of members that continue to do that, and I'm cool with that. You know, staying light on our toes keeps us flexible, makes us makes us you know perform at our best. Um, I'm just, I, I just hope and 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 would ask that if uh, if any of you guys out there have any questions, ask us. We're not afraid to talk through to official you. channels. You're not going to be on a Reddit message board answering questions. No, no, not going to happen. And I, I'll just add, you know, a little bit more. I've always said the best way to to find out exactly what's going on is to go directly to the source. Don't rely on somebody else to give you their interpretation of something they don't know. 
<laughs> and that's that's kind of what happens a lot. People will, oh, this is what they're doing. This is what I heard. This is what no. Kind like Albert said, reach out to us. Reach out to your district rep. Reach out. We're we're we are accessible. You can reach out to us. Every rep or every member that's reached out to me to ask me about these bylaws and said, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I don't like. I explained to them exactly what it is and exactly, exactly what it, what, what the changes are for. They have told me they've left that conversation. Oh, okay. Now I understand that's no, you know, I understand why too. That's not a problem. So I, I just hope that Everyone that's that has the everyone participates in the membership meeting. And once you do and you hear the the intent and purpose of these changes, you will leave there understanding why why it's necessary and that what it's for. And you, you'll feel a lot better than just maybe uh, going on Facebook and looking at something or, or just the, the break room. Uh, you know, speculation, and, and it's always better to get it directly from the source. I want to thank you for the opportunity for us to do this. I want to thank you for the opportunity because it's been a wonderful opportunity to set the record straight. One thing that everybody has realized: we're not going to respond on social media. We're not. Uh, we're not going to be keyboard warriors. We're not going to. Uh, and you, the board has been put into a position. Uh, we took a chance of. Uh, just doing the membership meetings uh, and letting the people discuss it uh, in the format of the Zoom or in person. Uh, we have expanded to get more transparency and to get more people involved. Uh, but we don't want to be accused of trying to influence the vote either. Because to be honest with you, uh, would it make our jobs easier? You bet it would. Would it make it, uh, do we care? Not in the least. Because we were elected to do our job for three years and I don't think anybody on this board is going to step away from their or shirk their responsibilities or duties to do. Uh, we just want to make because so if we come out and say something about it, we're trying to sell it. If we don't, we're trying to hide it. So give me a, a chance to win one way or the other. Don't care. And the way to do that is by calling us and talking to us individually. I don't think there's not a person on this board that is not approachable. You may not agree with them, and we may have a difference of opinion, but they will be able to give you a well-founded reason. And keep in mind, this went through the board, and we had 13 A-plus personalities discussing this long before it got to the international even. So we have been down that road, and I would hope that the 13 people there are representing the members that they're supposed to by discussing this with people that they believe in and are critical to their thinking so i just want to thank you for the opportunity and and, and i appreciate being able to serve uh with this uh, local executive board and uh we'll live by whatever decision the membership makes that it's their call period well the membership's going to have their chance to have their vote and their voice heard and documented at district meetings go to twu555.org for more details President Randy Barnes, First Vice President Jerry McCrumman, and Second Vice President Albert Barbosa. Thank you all so much for coming in the break room. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. We didn't get to Article 4, Section 2, Change Communications Coordinator to Communications Czar. <laughs> That's oh, an easy one. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> Next year. What's the title? Czar. The czar title. That's good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can stay up to date on everything we talked about today, TWU555.org. That's where you're going to get all the information on the district membership meetings. And like I mentioned before, you can read the bylaws as they stand now. You go to TWU555.org, click on resources, click on documents, and they are right there. Also, follow us on social media at TWULocal555 on Facebook and Twitter at TWU555 on Instagram. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you go back and listen to past episodes, including the recent one we did with President Barnes and Second Vice President Barbosa on the new side letter of agreement, work rule interpretations, and more information on those district meetings. Coming up, we're going to have an episode of the Getting to Know Your Committee series of In the Break Room that I know you've been waiting for, and that's going to be coming up real soon. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Eric Peterson, Communications Czar, I mean Coordinator for the Local. Stay safe, united, and invincible. Invincible.